are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. Anyway, the time is nine minutes past eight. It is a Thirsty Thursday, and everything about Thirsty Thursday is about church. It's about your journey with God. It's about those moments that causes you to stop and just be grateful for the fact that you are saved and that God gave you an opportunity to be able to live to accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. We are about to be in conversation with our guest this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, pastor James, uh, he's a pastor and a businessman, and today we'll be unpacking his journey as um, a head pastor and also the role that uh, the church can play in facilitating, especially um, healing, especially socially and politically. Yes, good morning, Pastor James. Good morning, how are you? Yes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the GMG Breakfast Show right here on Hope Alive. We're so excited to finally have you. Thank you. I appreciate Brasico. Yes. And I think just to kickstart off the conversation, because it is a Thursday Thursday, um, I just want to know that if you were to describe yourself in using three phrases, but they have to be, um, I don't want to say Christian related, but more um, in terms of who God says you are and who you've, who you've um, you know, come to believe that you are, what would those three phrases be? Well, I would say that um, a young um, South African man. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I would say that uh, I was blessed to be um, a hardworking young man at an early stage. And um, the third thing would be that uh, I think I have uh, the heart for the people, a heart for the people here. Yeah. Mm, absolutely love that and also i mean on thursdays we we want to know about you know people's faith journeys and that's the next question we would be posing to you to say where does your relationship with god begin where do you and god meet well i received um, christ at the age of five i was still very young Mm -hmm. Um, my mother is um, is going to be with the lord it's been uh, maybe 12 years now. Mm. And um, I, I, when I was younger, she used to take me, I have two more siblings, but amongst them she used to take me as the middle one and then take me to church all the time. And I, I didn't understand until I had an encounter with Jesus uh, through the gospel that was being preached. I grew up from a, a full gospel church of God. Mm-hmm. And, I was brought up from Assemblies of God, AFM, Emmanuel Assembly. So mm-hmm. I got born again then. And uh, from the age of seven, I started preaching what I was hearing from our church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to so, unpack that. I mean, here you are, you're a five-year-old, and uh, young kids are playing yeah. with sand and dust. And, you know, I remember everything about when I was five. Uh, still in yeah. my head, they're very clear. But here you are very young, starting to make a decision to say, I want to walk with Christ. Seven years old, yes. you start to um, share some of that which you are hearing. Where in your walk, though, do you really become conscious of what you're doing? Because And it, it, it moves from being what I see others are doing to be what is really I'm meant to do. Where do you discover that? At what stage? So what? So what, what took place was that at, at the age of seven, my grandmother was 
ill. My mm. maternal grandmother was very ill. And uh, as I said to you, that I used to go to church regularly for uh, prayers in the evening mm. and sometimes early in the morning. So I would pray. I developed that um, spirit of prayer, that habit of prayer. And uh, she was on a sick bed, very ill and bedridden. And I went with my mother. We we went to her, and all of a sudden, I laid my hands on her and prayed for her mm. in the name of Jesus. And God just touched her. And I realized, and they also did, that there was something a bit unique about this young person, this mm. young boy. Mm. So from there, I took it very serious. I thought, well, maybe there's something inside of me that is different, so I need to walk and work on myself. Mm-hmm. That's how I tend to search. I did a lot of study from that early age. I remember I'm from Kian in Lipombo. Mm. We, 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 I was, I was in a, a public school, mm. but the first, first Bible I had was a, a King James version. You know that English, the Shakespeare. That <laughs> you were thouing it at school. You yeah. were going to the teacher. Thou shall not. I was, I was thouing, I was adding and all those mm-hmm. things. I, I, I don't know one ever taught me that. I used to leave school, go straight to the bushes and read that book. Read mm-hmm. the Bible. Study it. God and seek him for myself. Mm, yeah. Absolutely love that. And I mean, the theme um, for um, the conversation, we're chatting about healing. So you spoke about the fact that you lost your mom, you know, while it's been, you know, 12 years now. How has that journey of healing been for you and how has it, you know, affected or influenced your walk with Christ? Mm. Well, you know, when, when my mother passed away, really, I was actually on my seventh day of prayer and fasting for mm-hmm. her at the time. So I was really praying for her. I was fasting and trusting God that he will heal her. Mm-hmm. I remember on the seventh day I went to church. I was going there every day praying for her healing. And whilst I was there, our family doctor came to church because he knew that I would be at church. He used to attend the same church as well. And when he arrived, he looked for me. I was the only person in a very big building, mm-hmm. a very big building, praying and asking God to heal her. And when he just stepped in, I knew something was wrong, and he asked to go with me home. When I got there, there were cars, and she had gone mm-hmm. to be with the Lord. I remember my pastor and his wife, you know, the wife cried because my mother was just a quiet somebody, but mm-hmm. someone who loved she used not to talk. She used to welcome everyone, love people, a serious giver, you know, mm-hmm. to the core. And um, so at that moment, because I was very close to her, I started praying and, you know, wanting to find out many answers concerning um, her departure. Mm. Why did she go when I'm praying? Why did she go when mm. I was fasting? fasting? Yeah. What, else, what else must I do? What should I have done? But until something landed in my heart, the secret things belong to God. So mm. I just thank God. And I thank God to, today. This is uh, 12 years later. Mm. Somehow I even feel I wouldn't have been the person that I am 
if she was still there. I would have loved it here, but I I went through a lot different stages and I became the person that I am today to the glory of God. Before uh, let's just dive in a bit more into that story. How does one um keep trusting God even after they feel disappointed by God? You know, you are saying in your story that you prayed, you were in prayer when your mother passed away. It was seventh day of prayer. Mm-hmm. This is you denying yourself, denying food, seeking the face of God. How does one pick up themselves because there could be a listener today who says I prayed um for my situation to change. You know, God how do how do you encourage somebody like that this moment and saying but God didn't change it for me. Yeah. You know, one thing that is very critical and important in you know like in the book of Hebrews it speaks about us resting in Christ. Mm. So I've realized that things that I cannot really change he does not change. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Mm. The Bible says he's. Um, life's challenges will always be there. Mm-hmm. Will always encounter them. Some lose their their spouses. Some lose their parents. Some lose even their children. You see, but in the midst of all of that, you've got to know that Jesus remains as Lord and he doesn't change. Mm. So the main thing that one needs to accept is to know that life's circumstances will always be there. They will always come, but God remains faithful. So just rest in him. When you don't understand certain things now, Mm. the unfolding will happen some other time. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. It may not be after a month. It may be years later because Mm -hmm. a few years later, that's when I started seeing an unfolding, Mm -hmm. you know, of what was happening. And I thought, maybe um, I wouldn't have been here. Maybe I wouldn't have been strong enough to go through this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I would have given up because I was very much attached and I believed that so long as he's there, I'll be okay. Zero six seven one five three one zero eight nine is the number that you can share mm-hmm. your WhatsApp line and uh, your questions. Rather, it's our WhatsApp line. We are also on Facebook at Hope Alive Radio Station, and we are on a Twitter at Hope Alive underscore Radio. Do send any questions that you might have for our guest James Bayana. He's a pastor and a businessman. We're gonna take a few ads because we need to sell a few stuff, sir. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that, we wanna unpack um, the role you think the church can play in facilitating um, this healing, you know, especially also looking at the current social and uh, political climate in South Africa. What role do you think the church can play in navigating that healing? But also, want to know, being a young pastor, starting a church and head pastoring under 30, how has, what has been the challenges, you know? So we'll unpack that after these two ads. My strength is for protection, not harm. My words to build, not shatter. My resources to uplift, not exploit. Hope Alive Radio condemns and stands against all forms of gender-based violence. No human life should suffer at the hands of another. Together, let's stop this pandemic, eroding our society and humanity. Hope Alive Radio, shaping minds for a better future. 
Nolly is a vibrant interior design company with a signature style that is Afro-chic with a touch of luxury and opulence. We believe in subtle touches of African art and design without it being overpowering. We also believe in showcasing beautiful spaces that embrace African heritage, beauty, heart and soul in a way that would be appealing to global aesthetics and trends. Our services, interior design and decor, advisory services, furniture shopping and sourcing, construction and remodeling, project management, styling, art and accessories, interior finishes and specifications, custom manufactured furniture, renovations and upgrade projects, estimates and costings, floor plan and furniture layout, comprehensive installation supervision. Please do not hesitate to contact us at Bonolo at nolly-interiors.co.za if you would like to use our services. 21 minutes past 8. You are listening to the GMG Breakfast Show where we are shaping minds for a better future. It mm-hmm. is a thirsty Thursday and we are saying that only Christ quenches our thirst. And uh, on Thursdays, our guest is always about finding the journey with God and packing what keeps them in the faith. Yes, and we are still in conversation with Pastor James Bayana. And, you know, we were just talking, you know, once again about healing. And, you know, before um, we went to the break, he spoke spoke about how he lost his mother it's 12 years now and I you know he was praying and fasting before um you know he heard about her her death and this to me sounds like a disappointing you know situation especially initially maybe later in life you're able to look at the situation Mm. and realize that you know what God really does make things work out for my good but that brought me to wanting to ask this question Pastor James how can people um or what are the um you know steps that we can take to actively heal from disappointment Mm. Um, I think one of the things that one should look at is his or her surrounding. Mm. Number one, um, their spiritual environment. So which body of believers or community of believers do you belong to? Mm-hmm. Referring to a church or even a local assemblage. Remember, that's, that's God's government on earth today, the body of Christ. So when you have believers, those who are of the same faith with you, you are able to have brethren that can help you through that season. Uh, Secondly, you've got to um, embrace your family, meaning that your siblings, uncles, whoever, you know, walks with you properly. These are people who will be able to encourage you and so on. Number three, you can also look at um, you know, um, uh, academic involvement, meaning people that are in, who have been professional health, mm-hmm. which comes via counseling, you can meet the psychologist, the social worker, or all those other, uh, you know, departments, social departments that are able to help you. So spiritual counsel, family, and professional health can help someone to pick up and, and get up from that uh, position. Mm, absolutely love that. I really like that. Let's also touch that because you spoke about uh, the, f- the spiritual surrounding and the church and mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. But now let's zoom into that space. Yeah. What role do you think the church can play in helping facilitate um, 
healing, especially, and this goes beyond just um, dealing with grief and disappointment, but also dealing with the way, like right now, people lost their businesses. There was a lot of political unrest. What role do you think the church should be playing in the forefront currently in facilitating healing and um, spaces of conversation? Remember that um, the church, the main, the main, main, main mandate of the church, the main mandate of the church, is to reveal Christ in people and mm-hmm. reveal Christ. And in the midst of us doing that, we do not just preach or say something. Through our actions and our acts of love, we're able to draw men into the love of God. Now. A properly structured church has different um, departments in it, meaning that, uh, for an example, we have counselors in the church, mm-hmm. counseling department that deals with uh, people who have um, different issues, you know. Some of the people who run that department may be professionals in that because mm-hmm. Um, they deal with certain things that are more psychological and it would need their profession to really help a believer. So the church is quite a a large place, a a big place for us to receive different kinds of assistance because it does not necessarily mean just prayer and say, well, I pray for you, you lost someone, Mm -hmm. Uh, you will Somebody needs to be followed up on. Yes. Somebody needs to mm. be cared for. Yes. Somebody needs to, because you may lose a soul, you may lose a brother or sister because you you neglected them after their loss. So you need people that have that heart, a caring heart, you know, to follow up and also check on them and also speak to them and help them until the process is complete. Mm, absolutely love that. And I, I just want to pose and ask the question, how effective is worship in healing and how maybe mm. even important is it, you know, and the to continue even in the space where you're broken? Because a lot of people feel when they're going through stuff, they don't want to go to church and they, you know, don't want to be in that space. But maybe you can bring a perspective of how important not just you know, being you know, going to that church in the time where you're wanting to get your healing and also being in, you know, or getting into a space of worship as well. Mm. Uh, a space of worship is very much important. You know, in Hebrews, so not to um, undermine or despise the gathering of, of brethren. It's very important. The, the atmosphere that is generated when you are around fellow believers, mm-hmm. those who are of the same faith, those who are in Christ, is different from being outside there because the main focus there is Jesus. The main focus there is God. And out of that, the life of God is, is you know, is, is released into your hearts, into your bodies, into your minds. There's just a healing that takes place beyond professionalism, beyond men talking to you, people talking to you. That is where God touches you because you speak of a, a fellowship that is a bond that is stronger than anything natural. So it's important for people to get into such 
atmospheres, which is the atmosphere of God, where you reverence Him and see Him only beyond what we have gone through. Yeah, mm. you know the Bible of David when he came back, he discovered that um, the soldiers he was with, their wives and children, have been taken. Mm. They looked at them and they cried, and he said to them, "Relax." You know the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in, in the, the Lord. Lord. Yes. He encouraged himself in the Lord, and he told them, shall we pursue them? Will we find them? He asked the question and said, let's pursue, overtake, and recover all. He trusted God mm. and believed him in the midst of calamities. Yeah. Let's talk about your journey now. Being a young man who is, uh, you started your church very early and leading as a lead pastor. What has been some of the challenges that you face? Because you're not only leading people who are your peers or younger. Some of the people are seniors to you in real life, but because of your mandate and assignment in their life, you are senior to them. How are you navigating that space? Well, just to give a little bit of background, when I was studying still in the university, we, we, we did not have a lot of fellowships around, but then at school, I decided, you know, to start a camp, not a campus ministry. I started a prayer group in my uh, flat back then. Mm. And um, I remember when I had this vision and also maybe just this desire to pray with brethren, and this was just for men. Mm. I called, and they I called them, sent them messages in the morning that were starting a prayer group today. And I remember it was from half past six because I'm particular with time. At half past six, no one came. So I decided to pray alone from six to seven. There was nobody from seven. I started preaching alone. Then I had a knock on the door. Two guys <laughs> came. Mm-hmm. When I when I opened the door, I realized those two brethren, they were talking. I asked them to be silent because there are people that are seated and there was no one. They said, but there's no one here. I said, no, 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 there's a lot of people that are listening to the message of Christ. So get it carefully, sit properly, because <laughs> I need to continue with what You know, so they came, uh, what a service. We, we just, um, I just taught the word. Uh, the following week, the number grew. We had five more people. Before you know it, uh, you know it, it was about... Um, 10, 20, 30, then I realized that there's not enough space in this place. I had to go to the school um, and ask uh, management and ask for a venue for our mm-hmm. campus ministry to start. That's when we started having young people. Um, now we had ladies and men coming for this fellowship. Mm-hmm. So my vision before was never to be a pastor, a formal pastor. Mm-hmm. I've always to just run a business and just preach the gospel, reach out like that, sometimes do crusades. I did not want to, you know, be accountable like that mm. to people. Yeah. Where I am, I need to counsel people, I need to do this and that. I just wanted to deal with students, and that's it. But mm. before you knew it, our campus ministry started growing where young people who were addicted to drugs and they were living such a different life became saved. They became born again through the gospel Mm -hmm. and they were on fire for God. And after they were on fire for God, they went back home with the fire. Mm -hmm. 
And when they got home, the parents were surprised. Mm. This earlier child, this stubborn child is now preaching Christ. They've changed everything about themselves. So those families started joining us on campus. Mm-hmm. So we would have had a church except the campus ministry, if not for that. So we stayed in campus for many years, on campus for many years, until we had a challenge with the school where many fellows, many people were now coming, mm-hmm. you know, not just students, people were coming with their cars and they were being blocked. And I asked all of them, look, I'm, I'm a campus minister. I can't leave campus, so just mm-hmm. go and look for another place to worship or something like that. And they said, "No, if you are going to, you are going to be under a tree. We'll go with you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we just want to hear the message of Christ that saves a man, mm-hmm. and that's how we started our church fully as a church um, about five years ago, after we had been on campus for about four years." Yes. So, yeah, so that's how it all happened. And uh, from there, we had our church, and then we, we started in Midrand, and now we are in. Incentive, yeah. Mm, absolutely love the, that journey. And I mean, you, you're relating your story going back to even in, you know, um, your earlier years of life where you lost your mom, the challenges that you faced in terms of campus ministry, then to moving to, you know, um, uh, uh, and I don't want to say an outside, but a ministry that was more accessible mm. to people um, that were not necessarily on campus. So, um, well. what is keeping you, you know, in your face despite all of these challenges that you've experienced and maybe even the ones that are to come? What is anchoring you to Christ? I think I've, um, I've always been one person that loves the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I've always one person that loves the Word. Um, everything that we do in our ministry and even me, myself, it, whatever I do is Christological. It's all mm. about it's always been Christ, 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 Christ. Now, my focus has never shifted from him. I've always looked at him. I've always seen him in all things. And, you know, I have that mandate to introduce him to our people, to reveal him in them so that they, they may know him. So it's the gospel. For me, I, I went past just you know being excited about church mm. and I wanted the reality of Christ I said I don't just want you know head knowledge I want an experiential and encounter and reality Love with that. him mm. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection I wanted that divine uh, encounter and relationship with him yeah thank you so much uh, we are out of time but before we wrap up I wanted to, to touch on two things one you are oh. a young minister um, how are you dealing with relationships and the pressure of church? Because as a young head pastor, everybody's even like how So how are you navigating <laughs> that space? And then the second yeah. question, just you can maybe wrap both of them at the same time. What do you do for fun? Because you are busy CEOing here, sitting on that board yeah. and all of that. So what do you do for fun? All right, no. Well, with regards to relationships and so on, 
um, you know, when I was younger, 14 years of age, mm. the first marriage I, I ever restored, I was at the age of 14, where a man and his wife had divorced uh, completely. But the man still wanted that marriage. Mm. And I could see that the wife also does, you know. But they had differences. I was still very young. I remember moving from uh, from school, going to a workplace during a lunch break. So she would prepare a lunch break to be when I come and speak to her for an hour every day. Mm. For a long time, I think for three months. I was 14. I was very young. I didn't know much, but I think there was just something I was saying <laughs> until after that three months of speaking to him, they started reconciling with the husband. And guess what? After a year later, these people remarried. Um, the man got born again and loved God and became a minister of the gospel as well as a wow. businessman. Mm. And, and remarried until today. So that's many years, many, many, many years mm. back. I was very young. So, and... When I was just there as a teenager, people came with different issues speaking to me. I think there was just a divine wisdom that he gave me to counsel them. And later on in my life, I told myself not to um, marry early because I knew the journey that I was embarking on, number mm -hmm. one, of ministry. Number two, it was business. I knew that I was going to travel a lot. I knew that I was going to be away. I knew that I was going to do a lot of things in my uh, early 20s and uh, late 20s, which I'm, I'm, I'm exiting now. Mm. So what do you yeah. do for fun? Well, I normally love to go hiking. Like this Saturday, I'll go, I'll go hiking. And uh, when we come back, uh, when I come back, I, like, I try to cook. I cook a bit. Uh, mm. This week I cook. I cook twice. Mm. So uh, whenever I get the chance to do it, I do it. I try mm. my best to to with myself. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much for being part of the show. May God continue to give you the wisdom that you need to yes. continue to build the ministry that you are building. And uh, you chose the song, I feel like oh. going on as we close. Why that song? Well, um, I've, the reason for this song, really, maybe is because I, I love Pastor Benjamin. I've mm -hmm. preached several with him. and uh, would be ministering songs. I've preached since I was young, so I've known him from my teenage years back mm -hmm. then. And secondly, he mentored um, a brother of mine who went to be with the Lord, a friend, a very close friend of mine who went to be with the Lord about uh, maybe eight years ago or so. So we, I just love his ministration when he ministers through songs. So it's just one of the songs that I love. From. All right. So we're going to go to a double play. We're going to kickstart the double play with I Feel Like Going On by Benjamin Dube. And then we're going to give you Israel Houghton and New Breed. You know when you hear that song, it means it's time for you to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So we'll give you an opportunity to do so. Thank you so much, uh, James, for making time for us. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, indeed. Cheers. Bless you. Thank you so much for the show. I'm so delighted to be here. Remain ever blessed. Amen. Thank you. I feel 
Come on, let me hear you say. listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa.